over 500,000 people go missing each year in the United States. Many are found alive, some deceased, and others, it's almost like they just up and vanished, leaving their families, friends, and even law enforcement to wonder what happened to them. Sometimes there are lots of theories, speculations, and harsh accusations, but most of the time, it's just a lot of unanswered questions. Each week, this podcast will explore a missing person case and hopefully get some answers to those unanswered questions and remind us to not forget those who are missing. At the time of his disappearance, college freshman Michael William Negretti was 5'8", 130 pounds, with dark hair and brown eyes. He was last seen wearing a blue plaid button-up shirt, khaki shorts, and white tennis shoes. I chose to do this case first because after his disappearance almost 23 years ago, I still think about Michael a lot. We were both around the same age and both living in Los Angeles. This was before the power of social media where one post could go viral. I would catch the stories of his strange disappearance on the local news. I would ask myself, how does someone just disappear like that? Was he stressed over school? Did he just need a break and walk away from his life? Did someone hurt him? Did he hurt himself? Was it an accident? I had a million questions, just like I'm sure his family did. A million questions and no answers. According to sources, Michael disappeared on December 10th, 1999. He was last known to have been playing video games with a friend, and they ended around 4 a.m. Michael was in his dorm room on the sixth floor of Dykstra Hall on the UCLA campus. He left his wallet and his ID in his room. The night of his disappearance appears to be like any other night for a college kid. He went to a party with some friends on the floor he lived on and returned to his room after and then played an online video game with a friend that was down the hall. After the game ended around 4 a.m., he went to congratulate his friend and returned to his room. His roommate woke up around 9 a.m., but Michael wasn't there. His belongings, including his wallet and keys and even his musical instruments, were still in his room. I remember when this case broke, there was talk of Michael being seen at a bus stop and I immediately had hope, but I don't think that that was ever substantiated. Let's talk a little about Michael. He was a music major at the University of California, Los Angeles, also known as UCLA. It was said that Michael was a talented musician and an overall good person. He played steel drums and trumpet in a band called Island Fever. On the Island Fever website at islandfever.com, they describe Michael as a cherished member of their band who was well-liked and unusually mature for his age. With all of that being said, this really makes the case so baffling, like many other missing person cases. Michael wasn't known to have any enemies drug or alcohol issues, or a history of depression. However, his brother did make a statement that Michael had recently taken ecstasy while going to raves and 
thought that maybe he was under the influence, left the building, and was abducted. There was no evidence to confirm the statement. He didn't have a car, and although UCLA is a large campus in a large city, I would think if he was on foot, someone would have seen him. Police got several leads, but none of them panned out. What I found so surprising was that Los Angeles Sheriff's detectives changed this case from a missing person to a homicide. I don't understand how or why these changes were made. As far as the public knows, there's no real evidence to support this being a homicide, and I'm not sure if I 100% agree with that determination. Typically, there are clues or witnesses or something that would back this decision, so unless the detectives aren't sharing some important information, which I don't think they're doing, I just don't understand. I've heard hundreds of cases where I was like, yeah, that person's missing, but I'm sure the spouse did something to them. But with this case, I truly don't know. I like to think that Michael's still alive and just, well, I don't know. But maybe, I, I just don't want to believe that he's dead. According to a 2003 article in the Daily Bruin, Mary Negretti, Michael's mother, stated, I want students to keep their eyes and ears open. I don't want it to happen to anybody else. Michael's case has been featured on numerous television shows and several psychics, including the well-known Sylvia Brown, stated on a February 26th episode of the Montel Williams show that Michael was still around UCLA or close to the UCLA area. Other psychics claim to know the whereabouts of Michael, but nothing has come from these claims. There was a website titled findmikenow.com, which no longer is active, that was used to bring awareness to Michael's case. Los Angeles Sheriff's Detective Bill Howe, who was working on the case when it was changed from a missing person to a homicide, stated, Usually when someone wants to disappear, they take something they want. Everything that meant anything to Michael was left in the room. According to the morbidlibrary.com, police released a sketch of a man believed to be a witness to Michael leaving the dorm. The man was not considered a suspect or a person of interest in his disappearance. Some witnesses stated that around 4.30, a white male in his mid-30s, who was roughly 5'8 and had a stocky build, was seen in the halls of Michael's dorm. He was seen wearing a gray jacket with a turquoise design on it. There is a possibility that this man saw or even spoke to Michael that early morning, or maybe even saw something that could help in this case. Unfortunately, no one has come forward to identify this man since the sketch was released. In December of 2016, a Reddit user came forward with a photo of a man that resembled Michael, but this man was in Bulgaria and doesn't seem plausible knowing that he left his ID and possibly other documents behind. There are several theories surrounding this case, one being that he ran away from his life and committed suicide, that he had a mental breakdown. A lot of them are more on the side of him leaving voluntarily. Some believe that it was murder. I like to think that he left on his own or that he's safe somewhere, but after almost 23 years of no contact with his family or friends, the sensible side of me is saying that's probably not the case. Again, Michael Negretti was 18 when he went missing. He has dark hair and brown eyes. He was a freshman in college 
and by all accounts, a well-liked, happy person. If you or someone you know has any information, big or small, regarding Michael's disappearance, please contact the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. For more information, as well as a picture of Michael and a sketch of the unknown man, please go to our website at theunanswerdpodcast.com. Don't forget to follow us wherever you listen to your podcast for the latest episodes and on Instagram and Facebook at The Unanswered Podcast. Thank you for listening. Join us again next week for a new case.